Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Land of Boz. I am Jeff Bosley. It is Monday, November 19th, and I am technically recording this Sunday, November 18th, and it's 5 a.m., so either way, it's really early if you're like me and you get your uh, daily podcasts and listen to them early in the morning. So here we are. Welcome to a Monday. Dude, Mondays is just terrible. I hate Mondays. I really hate Mondays. Yes, sir, Mr. Intoxication. Mondays is, is terrible for whatever reason, no matter what your work schedule is. Even when I was a firefighter, it seemed like just Mondays had this proverbial ooze to them. So ugh, Mondays is, is terrible. Uh, but as such, um, my weekend was pretty basic. There wasn't anything astonishing that happened. I've been spent most of the last two weeks kind of gone or doing all this stuff for Veterans Day or all these events that always, I inevitably, for years and years and years and years, November just is the month a lot happens for me, which is good, but it's also uh, creates a to-do list backlog. But my weekend. The greatest weekend of my life. <laughs> And yes, in case you're wondering, I'm going to make up for my lack of content today by using a constant inundation of sound bites. Not really. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It wasn't the greatest weekend of my life, but that doesn't also imply it was the worst weekend of my life. It was just pretty uneventful. Um, it was definitely a weekend of... Uh, again, I always say it, for those who know me, know I probably work. You know, I know I work um, hard, and I know I don't rest enough. Um, I hate the word balance. Um, but with that, uh, being said, I constantly, um, we're not constantly, I, I, what'll something will sneak up on me. I'm not sick, but it'll just sneak up on me where I just go, Oh my hell, I am out of motivation. I'm out of energy. I'm out of all will. <laughs> and so it's kind of like just every several months or so, it just hits me. And all I want to do is just sit on my butt. So uh, I, I know my conscience is clear and as long, unless I have like deadlines, I don't ever screw those up, but if everything's like self-regulated as far as a deadline, this was the weekend I did not very little, but I definitely comparative to my regular life schmoozed, but it's something that I'll bring up here in the next segment I thought of, um, where, uh, I can't work out right now. And so that definitely just kind of added to the, the funk. Um, but I guess with that being said, here is a new daily segment called Lessons Learned. You are right. I learned it by watching you. So this is a brilliant new section. It's pretty much going to be the catch-all of all things I think of that seem to have no common ground or through line. But I would like to impart on you because you know what? I think I'm pretty damn wise sometimes. And um, I'll let you be the judge of that with the following <laughs> lessons learned this weekend. Uh, they range from... Uh, deep and thought, thought-provoking, and um, all the way to very gross and superficial and trivial. But today's lessons learned. Um, number one, if you live in a city where you have a lot of maybe crime, this doesn't count people, uh, you know, maybe homeless people that need, that go through your trash looking for cans, etc. If you're a crappy recycler and looking for food, that doesn't apply here. I'm talking about the people that go through your trash cans for identity theft and all that crap. So today's lesson is uh, if you have a yard and you have to clean up your dog poop or whatnot, put your dog poop in that trash can. 
So when I people dig through your trash looking for stuff to steal of yours or identity theft, they get dog poop on their hands. Um, where we live, we have two dogs where our poop consolidates into a bin, and then eventually we have to throw it away. So now, here's my lesson, is a uh, weekly before trash day, when we consolidate our trash and throw in the main trash can out in the alley, I now add uh, a substantial week's worth of dog poop between uh, my dog Izzy and my neighbor's dog. Uh, those, two gr- those two dogs, those two bitches, leave a lot of poop. So... Every time I throw stuff away, I use a shredder, but, uh, you know, inevitably you never know. And, uh, I'm, there's a lot of crime in my sit in my neighborhood, a lot of crime. <laughs> I got the side. I'll get onto that side note later. Oh, well, actually, no, I'll do it now. Uh, there's an app, uh, my other neighbor got me hooked on. It's called neighborhood or something like that, where it's kind of like Facebook, but just for your neighborhood where you can actually chime in and like kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, what is it? A community police kind of thing. Community can't remember what it's called, Community Watch, something like that, Neighborhood Watch, and uh, I almost wish I wasn't on that app, there's a lot more going on in my neighborhood than I wish, so now I'm super paranoid, because um, now since I've moved, like, the only, I, my vehicles are not in secure places, and yeah, I don't want that, so with that, uh, I now add dog poop to my trash, so I don't know about you, but uh, like for food and money for recyclables, fine, that's one thing, but if I was a thief and I'm digging for somebody's social on the off chance I can find it in the trash and I come across some dog poop, I'll move on. So that's my number one lesson. Uh, number two lesson, um, uh, I had a voluntary um, pre- uh, hair transplant procedure, surgery, plastic surgery, whatever you want to call it. I've had like five, four, four or five. I've had a lot. I would be bald. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it partially because it's my family's business. Um, well, it's, I, I'm supporting them as far or supporting them as far as, uh, loyalty. Uh, it's not like I work for them. Um, but I have no reason to hide it because it's, it's not, it's <laughs> denying it is stupid because it's, it's kind of like, Oh, he didn't have hair. Now he does. So yeah, hair transplant, not a wig, not a hair piece. Make that hugely clear. But with that, comes seven days of not being allowed to work out because basically, uh, they put one hair, take care of from one spot, put it in another. And if you increase your blood pressure or, you know, like bending over and tying your shoes and, and putting blood pressure to your, your noggin can pop a, pop a hair. <laughs> so for the first seven days until everything kind of settles, I guess you could say, they really ask you not to do much. And, uh, you know, it's really important to me. So I actually, this is probably the one, uh, procedure I listen to doctor's orders out of all the massive, massive orthopedic and, uh, surgeries I've had. Uh, this is probably the only one I follow doctor's orders. Uh, but with that, it comes seven days of not being able to train. Um, and uh, number two lesson routine is important. And I'm not saying it has to be exercise. I will obviously favor having a morning routine of exercise because that's healthy. And I think it really is something good for your day. And it's a great thing you can apply to life, whether metaphorically or literally. But so I'll just speak on in terms of exercise, getting rid of that really F's your day up. Um, and not if you're obsessed, that's probably an issue because I know when I first started training, I was obsessed. I just didn't want to be tall and skinny and that still lingers and it's still maybe a body dysmorphia issue. 
but having it sets yourself up for a healthy day. And if that routine is waking up, having coffee and reading the paper, if papers still exist, or if that routine is waking up, having coffee and reading the paper and going to the gym, that routine, whatever that is, that's my lesson today is get your day started with success. Take that time. That's part of the reason I wake up at two and three in the morning is because that guarantees my time, my solo time, my workout time to be for me. So the rest of the day's chaos that I might not have a lot of control on can be handled with a little bit of grace and, um, (laughs) uh, clarity, I guess. So, uh, that's lesson two is whatever your exercise is or whatever your morning routine is, it's really important. Don't F that up and don't feel bad for being, uh, selfish about it. So, and lesson number three, um, I learned is we look at our phones a lot and anybody knows me. I look at my phone a lot, like some 13 year old Asian princess. Like I just stare at my phone a lot. And, uh, I was tech chatting on a DM with a friend of mine named Vita, and she had just posted an awesome picture on Instagram, um, this beautiful park in uh, in the UK. And I was like, holy crap, I'm stealing that picture. And it's now my background on my phone because you know what? It's kind of, it's just every time I look at my phone now, I'm like, oh, nice, pretty park because that's who I am. So whatever it is, maybe consider changing your background to something that uh, inspires you or makes you just kind of find a moment of peace. For those of you who've seen the movie uh, Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, uh, it's kind of like that where um, Jamie Foxx had this picture of an island on the back of his uh, sun visor. And uh, his character says, you know, when the be- day's getting bad or he's in a traffic or when he's kind of slipping out of his zen, he'd actually flip down the visor and just look at that island. And that would be his moment of uh, his moment of zen and wusa. So I stole that picture and uh, now it's on my background and it's actually a beautiful picture. So uh, that was my little lesson number three today. So I want to... St- Thank Vita for um, not finding that to be creepy that I stole a picture she took walking in a park. And that was uh, today's lessons learned. And I can't believe I didn't do this before. Every other show that has anything to do with entertainment or podcasts or uh, Hollywood or LA or even regular podcasts talk about the weekend box office. So, hey, new segment, weekend box office. You heard right. If you're of my age or uh, watched HBO in the 80s, the sound you're hearing in the background is the OG, or at least what I call the OG, HBO uh, opening intro music. So, I mean, it's not it's not that at all. You can't sue me or copyright infringe and all that stuff. But anyway, um, since I normally record this uh half a day beforehand uh this weekend's box office is not in so you're kind of getting a little bit of last weekend's but you know uh if had i not told you that who would have really known all right so uh you know let's just stick with maybe the top 10 but i'll only talk really in depth about the top five so this way this weekend working backwards number 10 the hate you give i don't know what that is so i won't talk about it number nine halloween uh, that doesn't surprise me. Everybody loves horror movies, and I'm told they're really cheap to make. And this one, as I understand it, also is not a sequel in the sense of I think it picks up where the first one left off and kind of ignores every Halloween since. So it's kind of a cool way to go back and kind of like an alternate timeline. Uh, I still just need to see it. Uh, number eight is Venom. 
no surprise anything to do with a comic book will crush uh it's surprising that it's in the top 10 um i liked it i just went in and turned my brain off um it's all but it's not it's not totally true to the comic it, it was a little hokey but teach your own number seven nobody's fool uh no idea what that is the only thing i know there's a nobody's fool with paul newman that was made in the 90s which was actually a really good movie i know it's not that Number six, the longest title in the segment, The Girl in the Spider's Web, A New Dragon Tattoo Story. And embarrassingly, as much as it's up my alley, I haven't seen the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. Uh, I have a lot of songs from the soundtrack, which makes no sense. Number five, A Star is Born, a show that invokes jealousy and inspiration for me. Uh, everybody loves themselves. A little bit of Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper gets uh, grows a beard, gets long hair, gets a Gets, uh, earns, I would probably likely to say, the directing gig for this show, this movie. Uh, Cast Lady Gaga gets her to take her makeup off, throws in an amazing story, and bam, damn good movie. I base that on people I trust. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> so uh, I will see it. It looks good. All right, and number four, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. I believe this is um, Disney's take on the Nutcracker concept with um, having, if that, if the Nutcracker concept had sex with um, Tomb Raider. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's like a cross of that kind of plot device. So, again, haven't seen it. Uh, number three, Overlord, I believe, is this Eli Roth? I'm very, very poor at obviously doing the box office. Well, these aren't movie reviews, they're just box office. So, number three is Overlord. Cool little... Um, I always like the horror movies or the, the that throw it in history where um, it's it throws in, this throws a little bit of horror movie into I believe World War II, and um, it's just kind of cool to see horror in a like in a past tense element. And the last, the top two, number two, Bohemian Rhapsody. No surprise, that movie is crushing it, and it looks extremely good. Uh, and uh, the dude from the movie. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. The dude from the TV show where he's like some computer hacker, I, as I understand it, crushes it as Freddie Brick. <sighs> There's y'all number one. How enjoy that, everyone. Uh, but he crushes it as Freddie Mercury. But here's some perspective. Number three was Overlord at $10 million for the weekend. Number two, Bohemian Rhapsody, was triple that uh, at $31 million. And number one, Dr. Seuss, the Grinch, was almost 70 million. So that span of the top three went from 10 to 70 million. Welcome to Hollywood, where it's that extreme and in the other extreme, uh, me. Uh, but Doctor, I, I can't believe they're bringing this back. The, their advertising, I don't know about other cities, but the advertising campaign is brilliant here in LA. So uh, I'd be interested to see it just based on that. So those were uh, your top 10 at the box office one week late. And now here's the part where I trick you. Trick you. Uh, you're in your car, you're in whatever you're doing, you're committed, you're about 15 minutes in, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep listening to this show. Bam, I'm going to hit you with some history, so you have to be smarter. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, extra, extra. Yeah, sorry, that's right, you got to deal with it. But you know what? It'll make you a better person because a little knowledge never hurts anyone. So for today, November 19th, these are some funny ones, unique. Um, today, November 19th in 1969, the third and fourth men to walk on the moon. Now pause for a minute. Do you know who they were? Me neither. Uh, not, 
not to take away from the work they did. That's astonishing. Uh, it's just, it's really funny how no one knows. However, uh, the gentlemen, the two of them were Pete Con, the two of them were Pete Conrad and Alan Bean. Conrad, this is pretty brilliant. Uh, his first <laughs> words was, and I quote, whoopee, man. That may have been a small step for Neil, but that was a long one for me. So nice little uh, self-deprecation while sit uh, on another piece of rock floating through space. <laughs> uh, continued on this day, November 19th, 1863. The Gettysburg ad, uh, address, address, address. I guess it depends where you're from. Colloquialism. The Gettysburg Address uh, was given by U.S. President Abraham Lincoln. If you don't know what that is, it's the one you think you know that starts with four scored seven years ago. Our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And yep, that's that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this I found extremely interesting. Um, Jody Foster was born today, 1962. Oscar award-winning actress. Actress. Um, I, I mean, I think she kind of came on the scene, so to speak, it was the silence of the lambs, but many people forget she was actually in taxi driver, uh, really good movie, really good performance there. And this, I forgot about this dude. Um, she posed, uh, or, uh, John Hinckley Jr. became obsessed with her after watching taxi driver and his obsession led to the attempted, attempted assassination of us president Ronald Reagan in an effort to impress her. Man, women, look what you do to our, our guy brains, man. You just This is what happens. This is how crazy we are. Uh, and also on this day, 1942, Calvin Klein was born. The man who's, I believe I'm wearing his underwear right now. Not literally his underwear, because, I mean, that's not the game I play. I'm wearing his brand. Calvin Richard Klein, thanks for your underwear, bro. Um, and we, this is a very power day to be born. Ted Turner, obviously, owns like all media. He may even own this show, I'm not even sure. And then the other guy that might also own all media, Larry King, uh, born in this day, 1933. And then these were interesting to me. Uh, Charles Manson died today, November 19th, 2017. For those of you who don't know who Charles Manson is, uh, where do we begin? I'll just read this verbatim. American murder. I like how <laughs> most of the times they'll say like American author or British playwright, American murderer leader of the family, in quotes. Manson believed in what he called helter-skelter, a term he took from the Beatles, I bet they're pissed, uh, took from the Beatles song of the same name to describe an impending apocalyptic race war. Mm. He was convicted of the murders of Sharon Tate and others in 1969. He hoped the murders would start that war, so he was kind of uh, self, self-prophetic. Uh, his crimes were the subject of the book, Helter-Skelter. I believe that's also called Cassandra Complex. Uh, where uh, you believe something so much you actually uh, help lead, cause it to happen. It was in 12 Monkeys. Watch 12 Monkeys and you'll know everything about the Cassandra Complex. It makes you smart. Um, Elizabeth Taylor, not the actress, died. Uh, she's a British novelist, so you probably don't know who it was. But I'll just say some old dudes because it makes you feel even more fancy. Anastasius II, he's an Italian religious leader. He was the 50th Pope. Died today in 498. So there you go. And St. Galatius, African-born religious leader. He was the 49th Pope. So there you go. That's uh, your way of being a little bit smarter and better for your time with me here at the Land of Buzz. And 
a special edition, I guess, if you will, of Nerd Chat. We'll be discussing the one-year anniversary of the, forgive my uh, slight tasteless uh, adjective, uh, the abortion that is the Justice League. <laughs> Uh, does it sit or does it taste any better now that it's been fermenting for a year? Nerd! Oh, okay. So it is November 19th, but, uh, Justice League did open November 17th of 2017. Uh, and if you're listening to the nerd section, you might have a little vested interest in this, or at least a little bit of awareness that this movie was a disaster to get done. It still is a point of heated debate in the nerd community. Um, I follow tons of accounts that are constantly uh, discussing it still to this day. Despite the amazing box office numbers, uh, it made it worldwide almost 700... Is that right? 700... That can't be right. No, 900,000. $700 million dollars. Um, so not bad. I mean, it was ranked number one for a hot, for quite a while in theaters. Uh, but, oh God. So here's the backstory of this movie. Zack Snyder, um, the guy, all this is opinionated, the quite very good director of 300, uh, Batman versus V Superman. Um, he was the original, um, director of this movie and uh, for him to sign on and everything, he had to agree on the story and the plot and all that crap. And it was going quite well. Um, it was matching his tone, etc. cetera. Uh, but sadly, uh, he and his wife, they lost their daughter to, I really believe it was suicide. So he was obviously in a not good headspace. Um, he, he tried to stick on the film and keep on trucking, but he couldn't do it, understandably. Uh, and that is when they brought on Joss Whedon of Marvel uh, fame. And Marvel obviously is a little bit more lighthearted. There, he knows me. He knows I'm a ridiculously huge fan of all comic book movies, particularly all the Marvel ones aren't feeling. In fact, I'm watching uh, Infinity War again uh, a little bit last night. And I'll watch it probably again after I'm done recording today. Uh, but they brought him on, and if you with all this knowledge that I'll kind of hit you with today. If you rewatch this every you you will see the, uh, disaster. Um, you can actually see between shot. They went and with, uh, Snyder stepping down and Whedon stepping back in and there were rewrites. Uh, they were more or less wrapped as rumors have it. And then when he came on that, he didn't like it. Warner brothers then got way more involved and it became just kind of a language shit show. And, um, yeah, and with that knowledge, if you watch it now, you'll see how, I mean, even though they edited it and fixed it with color correcting, you can just see how, and I'm, I'm not Mr. Artsy-Fartsy, but you can see the tone change just within scenes on just some stuff that's really funkified. And let's not not even remotely just forget the, uh, uh, the atrocity that is uh, the CGI on Henry Cavill's upper lip. Now, speaking of Infinity War, I was watching that again last night. There's a scene where, um, <laughs> good Lord, the main bad guy, I just blanked on his name, uh, not Doomsday. Wow, I am blanking on his name. Well, the main freaking bad guy in Infinity War, uh, I'm really tired apparently. He, you know what, I need to, I need to know that right name. Hold please. Did it. 
It's the horn music. Horn music. Okay, good lord, Thanos. That was weird. Um, so yeah, in Infinity War, I'm watching Thanos, and he's crushing one of the stones, um, and uh, the the CGI shows like if you crush something with your forearm, your arms get a little bit more muscular, and the veins dilate a little bit and be a little bit more obvious. They had him; he was crushing um, one of the stones, and the, there are even little wisps of of little baby hairs on his forearm and they have veins that pop when he crushes it It, it's so photorealistic yet they couldn't get rid of henry cavill's mustache in justice league um and i feel so bad for that actor because you know it's we all know it's not his fault but it's hard to look at him (laughs) and for those of you don't know the backstory with that is because they are more or less wrapped and with big major stars like this, they don't screw up schedules much. They they know what's going down. So they were wrapped. And he knew he was filming Mission Impossible Fallout, another amazing movie. Uh, and he knew he had to grow a mustache for it. They wouldn't have accidentally overlapped those two very distinct looks of a clean-shaven Superman and a mustache-sporting uh, CIA agent. And so that only proves the whole mishap of rewrites and Whedon throwing, just changing everything and bringing him back. Uh, but infamously, the uh, whoever owns uh, Mission Impossible, I want to say Paramount, were, were not going to let him shave. They're like, sorry, you were done with him. Uh, we took him and moving on. And so he had to come back, throw on the Superman outfit and have a mustache. So he probably looked like a weird pedophile. And then they digitally removed it, and uh, they did it very poorly. And again, I, you look at Thanos, uh, you believe he's a real character, yet they couldn't get rid of that. I mean, it looked like Henry Cavill had sex with Shrek. It was just so bad. And you can see that within scenes, where they had scenes that were blatantly done and wrapped and very Zack Snyder-esque, where then they had to add an extra stupid line or stupid Again, it's weird because I love Whedon. I love everything he's done with the, you know, in the Marvel world. Uh, but for whatever reason, they were like, no, we got to add this one shot of this one scene to make it really stupid. And now we got to bring Cavill back and digitally remove his mustache. So it was a disaster. And here's the thing: is I, lo- I still love this movie. I watched the crap out of it. Uh, but it, admittedly, is one of the hardest ones for me to watch. And the. <sighs> Big yawn number two, but it takes my absurd fandom to get through this movie. It really does. Um, there's actually a cut uh, that's floating around the internet where somebody actually edited it and took out the crap and took the because tr- even the trailer before um, it, the movie was released had was had a lot of scenes that weren't in the final cut because they were too dark or they didn't match. I, it's whatever. It's a massive hybrid disaster. But they actually took those scenes from the trailer that didn't end up in the movie, and they cut this whole actual full-length Justice League. Um, I believe it's called the the Snyder Cut. It's floating around Vimeo. I, I always try to find it and then can't, but it's the, called the Snyder Cut, and it's more true to what s- fans of Snyder and um, uh, just nerds in general, more true to what we were looking for. And... Um, yeah, it was a mess. It's, it's, I mean, if I went to Google or like IMDb and they have a neat trivia section and it just talks about the disaster. I mean, sadly with Snyder's daughter, um, 
yeah, she did commit suicide. Obviously, it was just kind of doomed from there, not because of her, but having him step down. And then when he stepped down, they lost a lot of their sound designers. Um, he's used the same sound designer since like before 300 and he was on and he was signed on and they went with Danny Elfman, who is admittedly an amazing, uh, composer. He did, he's pretty much done anything, um, Batman related and his, it, yeah. So just the minute he was gone, everything went to hell. And, um, he, if you follow him, he's still on Vero, uh, <laughs> that, that failed competitor at Facebook, but he's still very active on it. And, um, he still teases that there's a fight, there's a the Snyder cut. Uh, some of the actors, especially the guy that played Cyborg, who all his scenes were pretty much cut the minute uh, Whedon got attached. Um, he says there's this final cut, and that's the thing is the the mustache <laughs> the mustache conspiracy proves that they were at least wrapped with Henry Cavill. Um, because he wouldn't have moved on. They wouldn't have scheduled it that way. It's, it's You don't accidentally schedule major stars like that. So that proves that at least Cavill was wrapped, which would mean most of the main f- principal photography was done. So, uh, <coughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, and if you're a super nerd, uh, I need to look back into it, but the whole uh, plot of the mother box and... Um, do, not Doomsday. Gosh dang it. Basically D, DC's Thanos. I just forgot. Darkseid. And the bad guy they did end up using in in, in uh, Justice League. It was just a mess. And uh, a year later, does it sit well? Has, has, has that fermentation of, of, of Justice League? There's number three. Uh, does it taste any better? No. <laughs> not really. Uh, I bought it. I'm happy to own it. I watch it after this review. I might watch it again just for the sake of it. But yeah, you uh, you have to be a fan to muscle through it. Uh, it it did great in the box office, but this is one of those ones where the fans' uh, distaste um, was louder than the, the box office numbers. And uh, there's still constant rumors about will it do it again? Will they continue on? Uh, because there is a through line to be continued with for sure. You know, and with, with Affleck, back, uh, he was in rehab, and then he's now back in rehab. Um, maybe that's why he drinks, because I, I can't actually, I can't fault him for that. <laughs> so, um, you know what? To answer the question, does Justice League taste any better after sitting there for a year? No, but, you know, it's still, I'm a sucker for Batman. Uh, I've been a Batman fan. He's, he's it's I can't honestly if I it's like picking your favorite child if both a uh, Batman and Superman were falling off a bridge who would I save all powers aside I honestly don't know I'd probably just let them both die because I can't choose so it's hard to pick a favorite but for some reason I've always been more drawn to Batman but then five seconds after I say that I'm drawn to Superman so that's been a little bit of nerd talk if you haven't seen Justice League give it a chance uh if you don't know any backstory that it might actually make it better if you don't know the true intent and if you just only know it uh the film based on ignorance you might actually enjoy it way more just because of that um the whole third act is a weird weird uh bug hunt and how this is a side note how Wonder Woman and Aquaman still got greenlit uh, in this industry where there's no forgiveness, um, it's pretty dang awesome that they're like, you know what, that sucked, but we'll still keep trucking with you guys because one of them was a guy that talks to fish. So that's quite interesting. <laughs>
But you know what? I'm a sucker for ensemble movies where you bring groups of people together that shouldn't be on film. That's why Infinity War is awesome to me is to see all those Marvel characters smashed into one movie is ridiculously awesome. So go give it a watch. Chime in. You're welcome to comment on all the pages and tell me what you think. And um, that's been my review of Infinity War one year. Or, pff, <laughs> that's almost like a comic book Freudian slip. That's my review of Justice League one year later. Green Berets. Yes, I used to be one. I was honorably discharged as a Green Beret. Uh, for those who don't know what it is, it's just easier to Google. I sadly, in the city of Hollywood, just it's easiest to say, well, it's the Army's version of a Navy SEAL, but better. And no disrespect to my SEAL brothers. <laughs> uh, I hope you understand. Just in this city, sometimes it's just easier because there's it's there's just way more. My best metaphor is uh, if you think you know what Navy SEALs are, okay, so they're a scalpel. They're very good at the things they do. Uh, and me, a Green Bray is a Swiss Army knife of scalpels and other tools. So that's my metaphor. But on that note, a little bit of Green Bray chat today in the team room about overall fitness because people have approached me and DM'd me and talked to me about fitness stuff regarding uh, training for being a Green Bray and actually sustaining your uh, sustaining your fitness while being a Green Bray. So here is team room chat. Those Green Berets, they're real badasses. You scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this Green Beret is going to kick your big ass. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. So I believe it was the last time I did team room chat. I talked about um, how to prep for uh, your, uh, it's called selection uh, for basically green beret tryouts. I mentioned rucking and uh, really getting familiar with ruck technique and just getting used to uh, the mental fortitude, pretty much everything that we did requires. Because yeah, obviously you can condition your body to do certain things, but there's a point, just like with a lot of sports, but I would say particularly with uh, serving in the military and particularly with my experience as a Green Beret, it doesn't matter how amazing your body is, your mind takes over and has to get you through everything. Um, and so uh, kind of an overall broad stroke about fitness as far as the Green Beret stuff. Um, I would say in general, for those of you, for those of you looking to test or try, um, really be good at running. And this is maybe things have changed, but just like with anything with the military, there are still standards that they have to use as, as um, ch uh, gates, you know, to move on to the next phase. So there are just there are things that are just facts. You know, they can assess your character and your mental, you know, your fortitude and all that. But there are some things where if you just can't do, they won't let you go. Um, but you know, a lot of it's oh god, I hate running. I mean, at the time I was I was wavering between two even 230 up to 260 in my career. Um, but either way, that's 220 pounds. That's heavy to be running. So running sucked for me. I truly hated it. I, I definitely skirted the line of training for it broke me down so much, you know, so I had to find that sweet spot of training without actually making it worse. Um, so if you can run, I would say, cause there are some people who can just run and it's not even a problem for them. I would say a lot of people actually in the military where running is just something they do and it's no big deal. Uh, I'm one of the people where it stressed me the F out. It was extremely stressful. I had to train for PT tests because uh, they, they just running is just, I mean, it just 
part of my, all, I would say, big chunk of my knee issues besides the surgeries and injuries is just from running. But you got to be good at it. And uh, there are the shorter ones like the PT test is a two-mile run. Um, the Ranger test or Airborne test, I believe, is five miles. And some of them are pretty good clips. And here's the thing is like, okay, if you pass the standard, that's one thing. But you need to exceed the standard. And a lot of the uh, Special Forces standards are at the, I believe they stay at the 17 to 21 year old testing range. So I don't care if you're 40 or 30 or whatever, you're testing for the young guys numbers. And then at that, you got to be good. So I would definitely say running. That's something, and that'll help your rucking because that'll help with your leg endurance, your hip flexors, and like just your overall um, strength and endurance on your lower limbs. Um, so get good at running, keep it running. Now that was prepping or, you know, or testing for, but once you're in, uh, again, pick your battles wisely because if you're, if, if you could just run without training, great, enjoy it. But if your person has to train for it, find that sweet spot, because if you break yourself down just to test for something, it, you defeated the purpose. So I always, I admittedly coasted that fine line of like, well, I'll pass the tests. I know I can do my job because my job wasn't to run a five mile test in, in shorts and tennis shoes. My job was to be a green beret operating on, on foreign soil. And, um, I would pass the running tests, but I wasn't going to pass them you know, I wasn't going to blow anybody's socks off. So maintain running as you see fit. Um, but now also, uh, prepping for tryout selection. I did, I quit weight training. I didn't, I quit bodybuilding weight training. I got in big into whatever wording you want to use cross training, uh, calisthenics, uh, easy summation of the training might be quote unquote CrossFit esque. Um, I did a lot more Jim Jones, uh, workouts. Um, but yeah, prepping, I did a lot more just endurance and calisthenics, um, because that's what mattered. I, it didn't matter that I could curl, do bicep curls. Um, so that was the prepping and it wasn't until I was actually on a team and kind of quote unquote settled. Did I get actually another gym membership and get back to bicep curls and all those very bodybuilder centric training, uh, uh, regiments. Um, and up until then straight up, my routine was I would run as needed to maintain the little bit of skill I had weekly. I would go on a, I wouldn't go for, I'd note the distance, but I would walk, I would ruck with a good buddy of mine. We'd get on, throw our rucks on and we would just walk for the day just forever. It was, it was miserable, but it wasn't so much, it was to condition us, but it was also to, numb ourselves to the pain of rucking. So I would do that weekly, if not every other week. And then daily, my workouts were very, uh, again, uh, Jim Jones is what I'd prefer to reference, but it was very CrossFit-esque, very circuit uh, uh, focused. Um, and so I would do those daily. And maybe every other day, I would actually do kind of, I would actually, I straight up did P90X. I had the DVDs and I did those too. And they weren't, it's not anything revolutionary, but they were, they were very well-designed, um, cross reference of workout types. And, uh, it was nice. It was just, you know, plug it in and do it. Um, and so that was where I got my physique building esque workouts, but those were more just again for overall conditioning. So straight up the CrossFit Jim Jones P90X combo that set me up for success for almost my entire career to be, to be brutally serious. Um, it wasn't until the tail end of my career where I got back into cliche bodybuilding working out. So, 
if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to help give you my opinions. Everybody's obviously everybody's body is different, but I can definitely tell you what I think uh, are the uh, elements of success as far as try prepping, trying out, and maintaining your fitness as a green beret. Wow, I am just trucking along. It's not even 7 a.m. Sunday morning, and I've almost got Monday's show. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I kind of am. Uh, but uh, based on the last segment, I'll kind of that's a nice kind of segue into generic fitness. So I want to talk some fitness talk today, and none of it will be bitching. It will mostly be um, tools of the trade, little uh, things that I have with me, my my everyday carry, if you will, for uh, fitness. Okay, I'm going to get a Bowflex. I'm going to commit. I'm going to get some dumbbells. You know you can't eat dumbbells, right? So again, I've been doing this for like 30 years. Uh, I have no licenses, but I've learned a lot. And so I figured I'd uh, impart on you a little bit of my knowledge when it comes to tools of the trade or um, what you could call maybe my everyday carry uh, with what I do at the gym, kind of my go-to tools. Uh, Let's start off with... Uh, the ones I do use, and then I'll touch on the ones I don't use. Uh, every day at the gym, I always have these wrist straps. Um, uh, see if I can, I'll get the name of them. Hold one. It's the hold music. Hold music. Yeah, so the wrist straps I use are called from Contraband Sports. The description is in the, uh, the description. The, the link is in the description of the show, but it is contraband sports on uh, Instagram, for example. Um, they have different levels, if you will. Actually, they have like a stripe actually integrated within the uh, band itself. So you can decide the toughness and the thickness and the lack of bend in it. I have a level two, so it has two stripes around it. Those are my wrist wraps. I use those pretty much for anything where there's potential wrist involvement, which is pretty much everything maybe other than pulling exercises like rows um, or like back day stuff. Uh, So I use those a lot. Um, I normally wouldn't use them for uh, prior to breaking both my arms very badly. I really effed up my arms. Uh, My left arms had a lot of breaks and damages on the left wrist from a dog attack. I broke it, tons of vascular damage, tons of plates and metals and hard metal and hardware. So I wear them a lot um, for pretty much everything else just to salvage them and to uh, also kind of a mental reminder to keep my wrist locked and not get any hyper um, bending either way. Uh, But I I would also argue, had I not had these injuries, I wouldn't, I would argue to not use them kind of like I would argue, I'll argue later in the segment about uh, lifting belts is you use them too much and you're supporting muscles and tissues and fibers and ligaments and tendons get weak because they count on the support of the belt or the wrap. So if you don't have bad wrists or unless you're a power lifter, I wouldn't necessarily say you need wrist wraps. Uh, but I personally use the crap out of them because I have x-ray proof. I have massive uh, arthritis in both my wrists very badly. So I wear the crap out of them. So if there's any chance or there's pressure on my wrists, I wear wrist wraps. Um, I even wear wrist wraps when I do push-ups. In fact, I wear, I still, and I now do fist push-ups so I can keep my wrists locked uh, because they're so messed up. So that's the biggest thing I use is wrist wraps. Uh, secondly, I, I always have with me, I should, this kind of should go without saying headphones and a spare set of headphones if you have like at least a cheap set. Uh, that That's duh. If you're a music listener, I should say, but if you're not, I don't know what to tell you. 
Um, but yeah, I would definitely say that, uh, music is my thing, especially with gyms and, um, they're really crappy music. So I definitely have to have headphones because if I don't, I, my workout goes to crap. So, um, secondly is another tool I integrate here and there. Um, I would, uh, say use these um as much as you want really they're called fat grips they're basically these big rubber sheaths that go around uh, any sort of bar and i think you can use them on anything because they they change your grip they change how you have to hold they're great for your forearm strength but overall grip strength and again because i broke my arm so many times my grip strength is crap so i use these a lot um, i've even used my bench press because of the way they angulate my wrist in a less slightly uh, extreme angle makes bench pressing easier and again it just different muscle recruitment none of these are going to be like game changers as far as like overnight success as seen on tv results but they will be, they are interesting tools. I use fat grips quite a bit. If I'm going heavy, I don't because they do change kind of your overall recruitment of overall major muscles, but I definitely use the crap out of them. They're really cool. They sent me some customized ones with my uh, hashtag work harder than the other guy on them. Um, I'm a huge fan of the fat grips. If you haven't used them, try them. Uh, they definitely are. They will change your uh, workouts. Like you'll actually have to drop your weight, whether you're doing curls or shoulder press. They they will change your weight. Probably the only thing I don't use them on much again is like pull days, like back days, uh, which by I don't really have a reason why. Because at the end of the day, I'm still having to grip something, so it's still it'd still be a good change uh, of variety in the workout. And moving on, I use on heavy pull days or stays where I need extra grip and I don't care about, I'm not working on my forearm strength. I use wrist wraps, not the kinds that support your wrist, but the kind that wrap around your wrist. And then the rest of the strap wraps around the bar and pretty much does all the gripping for you. And now I use those on extremely heavy days where I'm trying to work my, your smaller muscles, your grip muscles, your forearm muscles, your hand muscles. Those are going to give out before your major ones, like your traps or your back. And so if you're trying to work your traps or your back and your hands are giving out, you're not fatiguing the major muscle. So I'll definitely argue using those because they help folk. They help you stay working on your big muscle and not worry about the fatigue of your smaller muscle. Uh, and then lastly, a tool I really think people need to use is a stopwatch. And I actually have a stopwatch. I don't use my phone. I don't use a, an app. I bought an old school stopwatch on Amazon. Not like a metal, not like a silver analog one. It's like a little digital one, but it's one you would, you know, measure sprinting time with in it as if you're in track and field. But a straight up stopwatch. That way I can stare at it. I have no excuse to pick up my phone and get distracted by a shiny object, which is I'm highly capable of. I stare at it and whatever my rest duration is, I look at it. When it hits it, I set the stopwatch down and do my set. So I'd highly advocate that. So, um, yeah, again, chime in if you have any, oh, I'm sorry. There it is. I'm energetic, but my body's just tired. Uh, but chime in if you have any questions or concerns, comments, curiosities, but again, overall, the things I have is wrist wraps for support, uh, the wrist wraps that are for wrap to wrap around the bar, um, I uh, fat grips, uh, headphones, and a stopwatch. That's kind of my everyday carry for things I take to the gym. And as I hear a, I hope it's a squirrel running across the roof of my house and not a rat in the crawl space. 
Um, for whatever reason, I things I say, the way I think, or whatever I do sometimes rings true to people or happens to be what people need. So the things I think are slightly motivational, I try to jot them down and then uh, send them your way. So here is a little bit of uh, Motivation Corner to wrap up the day. This is going to be kind of all-encompassing, and for lack of better terms and to keep it as simple as possible, uh, adult language here, but this is about deleting shit, and I mean that literally and metaphorically. Uh, I spent this weekend, and it's been an interesting eight, nine, ten weeks, uh, just like anything with life. Certain events happen, good, bad, or indifferent, they just make you evaluate it, and um I've been going through some stuff no different than anybody else, and um, some of it's been super negative and induced a lot of hatred and rage and bitterness and jadedness, and then I've also swung the, to the other extreme of the spectrum, and uh, like the my weekend in Connecticut and my weekend before that in New York were very cleansing and positive-inducing with a little bit of uh, nostalgia and uh, bittersweetness and... Uh, so, I don't know, a lot of pondering has been happening over the last couple months, and by no means have I got my shit together. But uh, I try to have it like somewhat together for y'all during this little segment of the show. But I spent the last 48 hours thinking about the deletion of things. And uh, I mean that, again, literally and metaphorically. Literally, I deleted apps off my phone that lead to poor decisions or or uh, stuff I don't quote unquote need. Uh, for example, and this is like the this is basically my anti sales pitch or my anti sponsorship segment. I deleted my uh, Postmates app because that it that leads to buying too expensive food uh, and possibly making poor dietary decisions. So uh, again, there's no need for Postmates. I I, I lived before that. If uh, for some reason I'm having a treat meal and I've earned it. I'll find a way to do it without the app, but just not having the app will be one more reminder and one more obstacle not to do use it or spend money or waste money. I don't know you, I am living on a zero to zero paycheck to paycheck existence where, uh, that serves no purpose. Yes, I need to eat, but there's different cheaper ways to do it. So I got rid of my Postmates app. I kept my Instacart one because I still argue, uh, the efficiency and, um, cost efficiency of using uh, a shopper to grab stuff from a cheap grocery store while I can continue to work versus spending the time to do it myself and employ somebody and the $3.99 shipping fee absolutely covers it if I can continue working on something at home or hell I can order it while I'm at the gym and get a workout done versus going grocery shopping so I still use Instacart um, but I did delete Postmates um, I also deleted saucy. It's basically the postmates for alcohol. Again, same answer. No need for alcohol. Uh, no need for spending money on it. Um, so yeah, that, that was that, uh, same with Uber eats, same answer. So I got rid of all those things that just basically spent money that I didn't need. Um, those are the pretty much black and white deletions for, to be literal. Uh, but also here's something else. 
Um, in the spirit of the whole minimalist movement, I don't even want to say movement because that makes it sound trivial and like a fad, but I completely agree. We all have too much crap. Every time we move, we all have boxes of crap we know we don't need. Things we've never even used or things that are in boxes that we haven't even accessed for years. So I'm all for that. And there's a Instagram account I follow. They have a really cool podcast called, I believe it's called The Minimalists. And uh, in the spirit of that, I spent part of yesterday just going through crap. If I haven't used, seen, touched, or even thought of, uh, I threw it away. And in lieu of that, I also threw away anything to do with my ex uh, because it serves no purpose. It only causes jaded, bitter jealousy and rage because of the way um, I feel it, uh, it went and the way I've been treated since. And so there's no point in keeping it. Um we have digital pictures online or, uh, you know, in our, on our computers, you know, so there's the, the days of keeping pictures because of the scrapbook or the, you know, that you don't want to lose them in a fire. They're gone. So anything that was a physical, you know, stacks of letters, and this is for any X, I mean, I think in my opinion, um, how many of us have truly gone back to like, I had a drawer full of letters and cards and all that. And how many of us have truly gone back to those and, and it inspired a moment of, uh, positivity versus sad nostalgia or pissiness or any, or even anger and everything in between. I, I, I have some great exes, um, and I don't look back at our letters, so there's no purpose. Uh, and then the, obviously for the exes that aren't going well, definitely toss that shit. <laughs> so, uh, I did the whole minimalist thing, got rid of a bunch of paperwork I didn't need. I shredded a bunch of paperwork that for some reason I would allowed to stack up. I got rid of letters. Uh, I got rid of pictures trinkets, all these things that I don't need. Uh, and, and I think people, we should probably all do that. But it was also, it's not like I woke up this morning and go, Oh God, I threw away this. No, I feel good. It's very nice. And my house is a little cleaner as a result. So I literally deleted crap I didn't need. And then also in this more of a metaphorical deletion, something I need to do better at, and I'm trying to do better at is we are inundated and I'm guilty of being, uh, creator of the problem, maybe, uh, inundated with social media crap. And, um, if you're in a negative place or a sensitive place, or you're susceptible to probably being like persuaded in a poor, in the wrong way with social media, um, this might apply to you, but I, I started unfollowing people that don't motivate me or invoked, mo- you know, invoked jealousy or, you know, I'm not saying that makes me them wrong and me right, but I'm a, I admitted my um, weaknesses, so to speak. So a perfect example is I don't follow the rock uh, because it, it, it for, because of my poor design or the things I need to get better at, but because of me, his stuff makes me more jealous than inspired. Um, and that's my problem. But until I get that fixed, I don't follow him anymore because being bombarded with his massive, every, you know, amazing this and that doesn't help me. And so he's just one example, but he's so far fetched that it still seems far enough removed. It doesn't, uh, hit me as much as I actually unfollow friends or I mute them, I should say, cause I don't want to unfollow them. Cause that comes in this day and age that could be taken as a personal offense. Uh, but I mute all their stories and posts, maybe stories for sure. Posts, maybe not, but I mute the hell out of them because they make me pissy or jealous or jaded or whatever. And that's a, those are toxic feelings. So, uh, until I get my crap figured out, I, I don't, I mute all their crap. So definitely I think you should follow, unfollow or mute or whatever the hell out of X's 
or anything associated with an ex, especially I hate this in our day and age where uh, a lot of your friends might be the same friends and then you've got to see your ex through them or if however they're interacting or not interacting, you might see them more now. Uh, there's just so much shady crap going on in this world. So it's better unfollow that crap. Um, but again, social media, people are going to send you screen grabs and images and all that crap, but do what you can unfollow the rock. If, it, if he's not helping you unfollow friends that you might be uh, getting jealousy from, or, or you might be getting jealousy because of, or whatever, but fight, f- try to detoxify the crap that's in your eyes. So that's what I did this weekend. I unfollowed or muted people who created jealousy or negativity. Um, I deleted a bunch of apps and I threw away a lot of shit. So, uh, that's a little bit of, um, motivation corner. Um, but yeah, I hope that helps something you should do. Basically, I think we should all get rid of negative stuff. However, whatever form that takes. Holy hell, no cowboy term or sex term, no guest interview. And I still managed to ramble for just under an hour. Uh, I, as always, I hope you get something out of this. Um, if you don't, you are welcome to contact me by any means necessary and help me tailor this show to you because as always, uh, I do this for you. You are the boss. I am the employee, uh, and you are in a way the customer customers always right. I'm making a product for you. Yada, yada, yada. So, uh, I got some new subscriptions recently and I want to thank you. Hopefully, uh, you like the show thus far. Uh, this is a free show Monday. And so hopefully for those of you who aren't, um, full, uh, subscribers over on Patreon and want four more shows a week, swing over there, check it out. Only two bucks a month. Uh, and you get 20 shows a month and, um, schedule dependent. Uh, but again, means the world to me. You guys are listening. Uh, and also just for the social media algorithms, if you want to rate and review on iTunes, that would be super swell. Uh, but in the meantime, just want to say thank you. Please have a great Monday. Uh, I will see you back. I don't know why people say that, but I will talk to you back here Tuesday morning. Uh, have a great day. And in the meantime, go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios. Adios.